Welcome to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This is where we blur the lines between business, nonprofit, and impact. Social entrepreneurs in our community share their stories of how they are changing the world and building a legacy of health, wealth, happiness, and wellness. I'm your host, Wendy V, along with my co-host, Rodrigo Bravo. Together, we're social entrepreneurs building a collective of impactful humans who are going to make this world a better place. We hope you'll join us. Here's today's episode. Have you ever wondered where your next paycheck is going to come from? Ever thought about, can you survive without a paycheck? What about if you could serve others the way you want to serve them and thrive and not worry about where your next paycheck is coming from. That is the topic of today's discussion. I hope you find value in all of the knowledge that we share. And thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And here's our episode. So yeah, so what I want to talk about today was those days when, uh, when okay, so let me think about it. How to say it, how to say it in a way that doesn't sound odd. When we are working in our business or on our business, but we're not actually receiving payment that day. And it's not that we're not going to get paid for the activities. That That's we're doing. my whole life. <laughs> the realtor. <laughs> right? Yes. So you're working all these days where you're doing something. It's not like you're not doing anything because you're doing something and it is work, but you're going to be paid later. And it might be that the payment will come, say, if you're contracting once you build them. It might be like for you, once your deal that you're working on is closed and you receive your payment after that, or it might just be that you are working on your business in an area that doesn't include payment, which could be marketing or something else that you know, you're know you doing just to grow your business. So that's the topic I wanted to talk about today. And Cynthia, I'll invite you up too, but I know you might be working. Um, and so if it's really, a business, there are going to be days where we're not going to be getting payment in the door. And how do you stay motivated on those days to keep going? So for example, the days that I'm just writing a blog or doing something of that sort that I'm working on funnels or my website or things that are not directly receiving payment that day. A lot of the times I can, I find that those days I have to stack up um, activities that I feel good about <laughs> doing. So I do them when I feel like I, when I'm inspired to do it. So I don't always work on, uh, if I know something needs to be updated, I don't always work on it first, even if it's my website or something that's public facing and I know it needs to be updated. I wait until I have the energy and the inspiration to work on that particular thing. And then I do it because what I found is if I force myself to go through and just do this and this and this that's on my to-do list, a lot of the times I get frustrated and I find I'm, I'm thinking, well, if I'm not doing this, I could be out really working on getting a sale, right? And as an entrepreneur, almost any day of the week, you could go out and you could make money. I mean, you really could, but there's a lot of other things and in infrastructure that you have to build in your business that do not directly equal a sale right today. And I know even with Cynthia, she does product a product-based business. So if she's not out doing an active sale on Facebook or guiding people to her Etsy or wherever she has a listing of her products, then she's really making stuff and making the products. So those days she might not also be getting paid because she's making the product before she ships it or before somebody buys it even. So a lot of the time, you know, you're kind of going from um, when the days when you do get paid 
to another day and that's completely separate from that. <laughs> Whereas if you have a paycheck coming in, you're working consistently, you know, every single day and every two weeks or whatever, once a month, whatever cadence it is for your employer, a paycheck comes in. And it's a very different mentality from entrepreneurship when you are going in this other cadence of payment. So that was what I wanted to talk about today. So I'm, I'm curious to hear how your journey has been as a completely different industry for me. And I know about it, but I don't know the rhythm of the industry. So I'm curious what your experience has been. Yes, well, I understand what you're talking about when it, you know, about the no payment and just doing the work, um, whether it be social media or not. Every day I do, you know, because we we do, we are like an entrepreneur because we are running our own business. It's our own business. And everything we do does come out from our own pocket. I mean, we just hang our license somewhere and that's it. No one's going to fire me. No one's going to hire me. No one's going to give me my bonus, but myself. So <laughs> there's that's, so we are entrepreneurs and, um, you know, we have to build this business for ourselves, generate leads, generate friendships, relationships, all this stuff. So, um, I just, I, I think of it, um, and yeah, and sometimes, we, and we do all this work without, you know, we're doing this work in the hopes that we are going to get paid at the end of this transaction, if the transaction even closes, um, you know, because they could back out last minute, the day of closing. But um, so every day I do something, but other than that, to build the business and just, you know, to generate the, the pay, like I always think to myself, like, what am I doing today that's good for my business? So every day I, I, I say activity brings the business. So I think activity brings value and activity will bring the money. So if I have to do something for my business every day, whether it's a social media post, um, talking to somebody, messaging somebody, building a relationship with someone, I look at it as um, as th that is time because time is money, you know? So I, I, I see it as doing something every day for my business and it'll come eventually and it, and it always does. It'll pay off. Absolutely. One of the big things I was doing today was actually writing a proposal for a client, right? And so those are almost direct one for one days when you're working on those kinds of things, because you can see the money in front of you and you're like, okay, this is what I've calculated that this time that I'm committing to spend in the future is equal. And here's my proposal and you kind of send it off. Those days in your head, you know, you're really like, okay, I could see how this activity is going to directly equal money because it literally has money in front of me <laughs> when I'm thinking about it as I'm doing the activity. But other days, like making a reel or spending hours where you're doing something that is more of an infrastructure, like I said, something planning or looking at your products and trying to create a product suite for a particular audience. Those kinds of things, they don't always directly equal money right that second. But they do build um, your capacity to bring more money into your business or your ability to attract more clients and to grow more followers or the other thing, whatever your goals are for your business as you're trying to grow it. So sometimes those days when you're working on those things, even though you might not have as much motivation because you're not directly seeing the dollar, dollar to time ratio go up, you're also needing to stay focused. And so as we're working on our business and doing these other marketing or other activities, it's important, like you were saying, Zoretta, to have you know, that focus of continuing to do the activity. A lot of the time we take it, we call it doing um, things that are inspired actions. And as you take those inspired actions, that's when you start seeing the results of your effort and you start seeing, you know, money coming in the door. 
So I'm going to invite a couple of people to join us. Hey, Carmen. Hey, Miguel. We've been talking about the days when you're working on your business and you're not seeing money coming directly into you as a result of your, you know, your day-to-day -day thing of, of whatever your business is. But as you're serving people and as you're building infrastructure and as you're doing other activities, you're still taking action, moving forward in your business and also helping to bring money in via that energetic um, exchange of putting out effort. And so that's what we're talking about today. And hey, Carmen, it's good to see you. What, what are your thoughts? I absolutely agree about that because I know I do a lot of um, philanthropic work, not in the sense because I have money, but I have sometimes or time. I don't know what I do, but um, I end up doing like a lot of connections for people. And when it comes for regardless of however I help them out, I notice it comes back. You know, if I need something or not even need something, somebody mentions, see something and they're like, oh, I can help you out. So even though it's not in dollar signs, it does come back and then eventually becomes to dollar signs. Yeah, and I love that you're also incorporating the aspect of helping others because that's what we talk about, you know, with social entrepreneurship is that through your business, you have the ability to do things that are altruistic or supportive of the development of other people or other causes. And it's good to hear that you've also factored that time into the work that you're doing, because even if you're saying, okay, well, that's not necessarily even something I want to be paid for, for example, you still are putting energy there that will come back to you. Either maybe someone will get to know you because of that activity, or they'll see you and be inspired to do something else. And then eventually come back and say, oh, I want to work with Carmen. She's you know, really wonderful woman. She gives back to the community in this way. So I, I love that you've been able to um, kind of build that into what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like if, you know, the thing of that I truly believe why we're on this earth is to serve, to be served, or to serve to, and to love others. And that's kind of how it all works out. And um, yeah, that's just how I, I believe. Awesome. So I have a question for you both. What did you do before this? Did you have a job that ever that had a steady paycheck and you decided to do what you're doing now. So did you make that transition from, like I did, having an expectation that money would come in the door on a certain cadence, like I was saying, or were you always working in some sort of entrepreneur related or other industry where you didn't have that steady paycheck coming in? I'm actually in the transition of doing that. I've had a steady paycheck. And um, what, I, what I did now is, and it was hard because you get stuck in that steady paycheck, steady schedule, steady whatever. I um, ended up quitting my steadiness and started doing traveling work. And that, you know, my, my entrepreneurship portion of it is seasonal. So for six months, I work and do travel work. And then for the next following six months, I focus completely on my business. And I eventually want to transition into it being not seasonal, just full time. So there is a, for me, it was a transition period, but definitely it was scary to just quit because I have a family and you start thinking about all that. And you know what? It was the best thing I ever did. I make more money now. I, um, you know, not always in the, my schedule is exactly what it is, but I get to choose my contract. If it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work with me and I'll find something else. So I have more control, I think, and the money, 
Um, as far as the money, it was a worrisome about, you know, quitting. But when I finally did it, I have been blessed and I make more money now. Well, that's an interesting um, thought process, too, because it's almost as if you continued to wait for that paycheck. You would have been limited or capped at a certain place that they determine your worth. But now as you're putting out your effort, you're seeing that your worth is actually higher and you're being rewarded for making this decision. So that's really cool. Zariah, um, I'm gonna go to you, but Miguel, welcome. And we're just chit-chatting right now about the days in our business when we are serving and may not be seeing payment come in. And those uh, days when we see payment, slash um, when you used to have a paycheck or had a regular paycheck coming in, what is that transition looking like as an entrepreneur to a time when you don't have a steady paycheck coming every single week? So that's what we're talking about today. And if Chrissy or Erica, um, if you guys want to come up, feel free. I'm going to invite you. But Zariah, what do you think? Have you always been in real estate or was this a transition for you as well? Um, for me, I, I've, I've been married a long time. <laughs> I've been married like eight, 20 years almost. So like married, like we got together very young. We had children very young. And so um, he's always been, you know, the breadwinner in our family and, you know, been very blessed. So I have had a nine to five job, but I decided to go into this. I also worked in new construction and as a new home sales rep, but with my children and him working and not being able to pick up the kids and daycare and like the family end of it, like I had to be there. So um, I, I quit that and went into real estate where as a realtor, I can do my own schedule, be my own boss and all of that. So that's why, um, like if I, if I feel like I, like if I didn't have my husband, I would probably be hustling 24 seven more, you know, I would be like, oh, you know, really out there. But it, it is scary because, you know, how like being an entrepreneur, you just don't know, like I'm blessed to have my husband that, you know, I know that I'll have a paycheck at Friday, on Friday <laughs> for my husband <laughs> with our account. But like I understand, like I understand the when it, it is super scary, not because you could go without you know in this in any as an entrepreneur you can go from making 500 a week to 5000 a week you can go from making phone calls to no phone calls you can go from you know being booked to not being booked so it's a, it's scary but um you know i i feel like that's just the entrepreneurial life you know that's a little bit about me thank you yeah and that is cool to think you you still are safe in your lifestyle with a husband. Yeah, I do not have a husband. So very much the, the opposite of like, whoop, it's me. Okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm really got to be committed to doing this. Yeah, make it work. yeah, exactly. So I that's what I mean. Like, like if I were, if I didn't have my husband, I think I would be like, like I am 100% and I love this business and I work almost all the time, 24-7 still. But like, I can't afford to be like, okay, well, Sorry, I can't can't work with you. No, I can't I can't afford to be like um um no, I'm not gonna discount my commission. Sorry, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know we have funds, but if I, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's hard being an entrepreneur. It really is, and I think that's why a lot of people don't continue with it. But it's rewarding, and all the things that Carmen was talking about, some of the things that you were talking about as well, make it worth the ability to, you know, not have a paycheck but still survive, right? So you're still trying to figure that out. So, Miguel, what, um, what's coming up for you in this discussion? Miguel, are you there? 
you might be busy. Oh, there yes, you are. I'm here. I'm here. I'm <laughs> hey, I'm how are you? Hey, um, I'm, I'm not an entrepreneur, that's for sure. Um, I'm, I've always been the type to have like two or three jobs. So I always have money coming in. Um, but the friends that I do have that do entrepreneurial work, what they do is they'll have like a regular nine to five and they'll do their business on their own time. And uh, they depend on mostly like to pay the bills with the regular stuff and they'll just re keep on reinvesting the money that they make in their business back into the business. You know, that way they keep it separate. Um, I just think that it's, unless you have like something surefire or something that you love, it, I find it very hard to, that you're going to take that, that type of risk at this stage of the game. You, you know, I mean, I, I find that most women, you know, they're braver than men anyway. You know, they go through more stuff anyway. But the way I look at it, especially in this day and age that everybody can do whatever they want or be whatever they want, they, they always, I think it's better to have that you're straddling the fence instead of just standing on one spot. You know, at least that's my opinion because, you know, everybody that I know that's doing their own stuff, they have like a job in something else. You know, they're working in something else even though they have, they're doing their own thing. You know, and it's just an extra revenue stream. You know, something that they, they can count on when, you know, when what you want to do isn't paying off exactly at that moment. Not that it's not going to, it's just might, might take longer than you expected. And one of the things you said in, all, in what you were talking about is a lot of people do fund their business by bootstrapping from their other jobs. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I did that for a while. I think at some point your business won't grow past a certain level unless you have more time to put more energy into it. So that's where I think like even with Carmen, what you were talking about earlier, when you make the decision to fully leave another job, another source of income in order to do your business 110%, it does take a, a good bit of transition mentally as well as, you know, with whatever your budget or your financial situation might be, because you know that there is going to be this unsteadiness, but also that you won't have that ability to use this other income to invest in your business. So your business not only has to take care of itself, but then it also has to take care of you, which is a totally different level of commitment. And I think for me, as I made that decision, it was because the other job just decided to go away, right? So it was either that I could uh, make the business work and do this, which I really love, or go back and find something that was not satisfying to me. And if I had to do that, I, again, I really would make the same decision, which is to spend all my time doing this and still have the uncertainty. Because in the end, I'm happier, I'm healthier, I get more control over my time. I definitely have more control over the potential that I can earn, but it's still going to be a road to get to the place that I was at before with my job, right, financially. So it, it, it does take a lot of um, time, effort, money, risk, you know, everything that you would still be putting into a business if you had another job. The only difference is then you're really learning to live in this way where you're saying, okay, I don't see the exact reward of my labor today, but I know I'll see it later and being able to then have those experiences when the, the money does come in and you're like, oh, okay, this is how entrepreneurship works. 
so I think there's a lot of kind of give and take in this in this whole um, in this journey. I completely agree with what you're saying, Wendy, um, because if you're doing it, that you either have time or money. That's it. You know, you could either throw down a lot of money if you have it and get it done and have other people do it and use their time or you're going to invest time that will eventually turn into money. And so if you have your focus on something else and being miserable and getting that paycheck, I mean, I was there. I still kind of, but I have more control and I'm in transition, like I said. But I was miserable, you know, going into work, going into the space. I felt controlled by my supervisor, controlled by everybody else. I had no say. I was worth more than what they were paying me. And it was like if I didn't take that risk. And, and yeah, I do have a, a husband, but we were accustomed to having a two-income household. So when I took that jump, we went a good three months of, like, not, you know, struggle bootstrapping it. You know, but I was able to focus my energy on my business and that had its rewards, you know, and then after the fact, when it was time to travel, it was time to travel and I got more money in that sense. And now here comes a new season. And because I traveled now, I don't have to worry for the next, you know, six months about how I'm going to survive with that two income because I was able to save enough for that. And now I can spend that time into my job or my entrepreneurship or my business and I don't have to worry about um, you know having to pay the bills so now the money I can reinvest it so it can grow so eventually I can be living off of my you know my business and in addition it's a it's a transition but it does take risks and not being it's a mindset thing too because I was in that mindset of like scarcity I guess, you know, the worry of like, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to pay the bills? Oh gosh, I got to take this and take that and be okay with all the bull crap that people are throwing at me and in order to survive. And because if I leave, then I'm not going to find another job and I'm not going to have money. And it's like a really shift in that mindset. When I finally quit, I was like, whoa, there is enough. And if you are going to have to do it, you're going to figure it out. And People will open up their hearts in the sense of give you leads, give you opportunities, talk about you. But then because I'm sure people, you've gone through life helping and giving to others and they remember that. So completely agree, Wendy. Yeah, and I'm going to invite Cynthia to the conversation. But Carmen, just so you can think about it, I have a question for you. How much of that uncertainty and going from that transition comes from growing up? With a mentality that you have your parents might have kind of brought to you your family might have brought to you that you needed to have a paycheck every two weeks right because i think that for me some of that was rooted in that in the watching my parents and how they dealt with money so i'm curious what your experience was but zorai let's go to you and then we'll go to cynthia and welcome cynthia i think jessica's coming up as well sorry did you have something you want to add there you are oh yeah yeah so Oh, I think you're in the matrix, hun. I don't think I can, I can't hear you. We're gonna come back to you. Let's go through Cynthia and then we'll come back to you, Zora, and maybe you can have, you'll have better connection. Hey, Cynthia, how are you? What are you thinking about? Hey, that's so funny. Like it's, it's been so long since I've had like an actual paycheck from somewhere. I'm like, oh yeah, you people do get paid bi-weekly. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Which is nice because I, I used to not be like that, but I like I'm used to getting a weekly payout now. Where I'm like, oh yeah, it is every two weeks. That seems like a long time. 
that you think of it to like stretch out a paycheck. Um, I'm kind of, I'm going down the rabbit hole now. <laughs> no, it's cool because you have the other experience where you're constantly bringing money in every week at this point. So you're, it's opposite ends of the spectrum on, on the entrepreneur side, yeah. right? You could be in a place where you're not bringing money in at all for like six months. And then, you know, as you start up even, and then once you get to sort of a stage as Cynthia's at, which is really cool to watch, she's just blowing up and she's having a lot of success every single week. So do you want to talk about what that might look like on the mentality side, Cynthia? When oh, you realize, yeah, like, oh sure. yeah, I'm making a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like not a, a ton, ton, like each week varies, but it, every week I'm getting, um, paid at least but it definitely yeah starting out I would go months and months without you know that happening it, it took a while it's um April will be officially two years where I've had a consistent income the past two years um and now I've learned a little bit more tricks on how to make um uh income without having to work I'm learning a little bit more and more as my business grows every year, just things like digital files, people are lazy. They don't want to do stuff themselves. They don't have time, me included. I rather just, instead of me take hours on Canva to make something, Jessica could make something, put it, a digital file, sell it for two, three bucks. And I'll, you know what, I'm not going to waste hours doing this. I'm going to go to Jessica and buy it. There's just little tricks like that where I've learned you can make um, income in other ways. Um, besides just what I offer my business. So that's been a fun learning, learning experience this year. Yeah, the multiple streams of income is definitely real. And that's always something to exciting when you discover, and, ooh, I can yeah. make money this and way And street too. talk, my hustle has a hustle, has a hustle, has a hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, Jessica, what's coming up for you in this conversation? Well... <laughs> Come back to me because my daughter just threw her face into my knee oh. and she's now bleeding. Oh no. Okay. Zariah, take take it away while we hope for Jessica's children to recover. Can you guys hear yes, me? You're back. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just um going to say I know Miguel mentioned that he has multiple jobs and like his friends will have something on the side and I, I guess I was just thinking like that's another thing good thing and to have multiple streams of income and I know now with this whole pandemic I think a lot of people switched to that you know what I mean like not be dependent only on your job and have something you know some entrepreneurial um, work that you do a skill you know that that you can um, count on as well, because I, I feel like that's, that's a good thing to have, you know, have multiple streams of income is, is everything. Absolutely. And welcome, um, Kenny and Liz and Chris, if you guys want to come up, feel free to just raise your hand and come up. I invited you guys to speak, but we're talking, oh, hey, Kenny, there you are. We're talking about those days in your business when you are serving and you may not be seeing payment. And then the days when you had or may have still a steady income coming in from another income source and what that transition might look like as an entrepreneur to just kind of going into the, the land of paying yourself. So a lot of different topics here in this conversation. So Kenny, welcome. I know you've been here for just a little bit listening to what we're talking about. We've gone all over the place in terms of people's experience. I'm just wondering what is your experience? Um, honestly, um, I went 
from a nine to five to being a server at a restaurant to basically working for myself um, through Uber and Lyft. Have to say, greatest decision ever. Um, it was cool to break away from the, the whole nine to five aspect um, due to what it does to, I would say, your everyday life. You know, um, I feel like with nine to five, um, you're tied down. Um, especially somebody like me who has a, who has a stomach disease that can become terminal at any point in time, um, that can flare up at any point in time with, without me knowing and having to sit there and, you know, my stomach disease is something that I'm really private about. I don't like to tell anybody and it's hard when you're getting a nine to five because you don't want to say, well, yeah, I have a stomach disease because then like you don't know what's going through the employer's head at that time, you know, um, because my stomach disease can be seen as a disability. So instead of, you know, dealing with all of that, you know, I decided, like I said, I, I love the transportation business, you know, it gave me the opportunity to start my own transportation business. I don't have to answer to nobody. Um, at first, yes, it was kind of discouraging because you're just sitting there thinking to yourself, you know, dang, I don't have a steady income coming in. Like, I really have to go out there. At this point, I have to go out there and get it. But, you know, if it was easy, we'd all be able to do it. But I definitely um, I definitely am glad I went the route that I did. Um, I don't have to worry about, you know, like I said, it's, it's benefited me in my, in my personal life to to great extents honestly so yeah that's pretty much me and what she said in there about health issues i can completely appreciate because i've had migraine headaches and it, it, every time you apply for a job and they're like do you need to disclose anything about your health you're always like "Ooh, does that mean that you're gonna do some sort of you can't discriminate against me but i'm not sure what this check the box thing is about so i appreciate what you're saying for sure when you're thinking of taking a new job how do you still maintain your health and the this, this space that you need to deal with any underlying health issues that you have that may not show up every single day, but that they might have an impact on when you have the energy to work or how you feel. And if someone else is telling you, you only have X number of days to be sick a year, well, that doesn't work for some people. <laughs> so if that's your case, then, you know, entrepreneurship does provide you the flexibility, like you were saying, to to go another route and have another schedule, which is really cool. So Jessica, do you want to add anything? I know you were just clapping. No, I was clapping, but also um, just from my own personal experience, because y'all remember when I had my my job, which feels like forever ago that I had my job, but it really was like almost a year ago, I guess, when I quit, where I threw my water on my computer and said, fuck this shit and closed it and then never looked back. Um I was like, oh, no, my computer's broken. What do I do? Um, but also I was going through something, you know, kind of traumatic. And I know some of you guys know what that is. And so um, it was, you know, a situation where I had to take medical leave. But then they said that you have to come back at this time. And I had two children. There was still COVID. 
I wasn't comfortable with putting them in daycare. And I also was grieving. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And there really was no reason for me to go into the office because my boss didn't even live in the same state. Um, and I realized at that moment, like I spoke with my husband, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I can't be a good mom and I can't be a good employee. Um, because being a good employee means sacrificing my children and, um, being a good mom means sacrificing showing up fully in this position because I was home with them, you know, and they needed me. And then I was also in a space where uh, they, you know, they were very demanding. Um, but then also, you know, there was that comfort of that weekly paycheck. The thing is, with entrepreneurship is like you don't see money consistently. And this is obviously something we've talked about on a regular basis. You can get like large lump sums. You can get small increments. It's, you know, it really is dependent on, you know, what the service is or what you have to offer. And a lot of times we're in these spaces. I think we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of what like the 10 year journey, we're seeing them having gone through, like we're seeing the end result of having gone through all that crap. Cause nobody starts a business unless you're a Kardashian, nobody starts a business and like gets it up and running that way. You know, like you have to work. It's the art of the, I guess, quote unquote hustle. Um, but then also too, you know, you talk about serving versus paycheck and, I realized that in some, in some ways, me just being present on clubhouse is like a, a way of me serving, right? I'm, I'm starting a conversation around certain things that are, I'm passionate about, and therefore it turned into a business. I will say that being on clubhouse has definitely allowed me to weed out like, and find my niche. And, um, I realized the majority of those people aren't in like groups like the mom link and stuff like that. And that's okay. Um, but I started facilitating conversations and that's my way of serving. And a lot of those people, because I've built trust with them, they've invested in me. Um, and that's exactly what happened last night. Um, you know, Cynthia told me to get a Facebook group and I did. And I started, I'm starting to do weekly Oracle polls and now um, because I did that Oracle poll there, she wanted a personal poll, which turned into like a full on service that I offer. Um, so she booked like, you know, a service and I was really grateful. Like, had I not done that, had I not like, I charge, I charge quite a bit for my readings, but for my, um, for my VIP group, I do Tuesdays and you can do a single card poll for $11. I've been doing it on here too, but I do it now. I'm just going to be doing it specifically for my VIP group. That act of service, even though it was like a small payment, right? I was able to gain a, a full on client. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't have to, I think Tasha said this and I'll kind of wrap up with saying this. Uh, Tasha a while back said like, sometimes um, our, our payments aren't necessarily like getting paid our worth doesn't necessarily mean like an expensive price. 
sometimes it could be, do you walk away feeling resentful? And she said it so much better. Or do you walk away feeling like, okay, this, I feel comfortable with this price. And I realized doing the single card pulls, I feel comfortable only charging like $12 for it because it's single card pull takes two minutes and I'm not depleted. Um, and so I realized that that's leaving opportunity, that active service is leaving opportunity for me to gain bigger clients. Um, so I, sorry, I was long-winded. I hope that that helps. <laughs> no, it's great. I love that you said there's a appropriate price point for the engagement that you're doing with different products or different people, different ways you're bringing them into your community or people that you're working with in your community. And as you're doing that, you're seeing the results where others, uh, they're converting over into another type of service. And then eventually we'll see that energy come back from different people in your community who are going to pay you for other services as well as the ones that you're doing online. So yeah, I think it's it's a great way to give an example of how serving will, you know, eventually turn into what you're expecting, which is, you know, some some sort of um, relationship with the person, being able to help the person, and then eventually maybe even payment. Have you ever had an idea that you thought was too big or something that you just weren't sure you were going to be able to do? Maybe your idea seems like it's not that important right now, you don't want to pursue it, or you just don't have time. A lot of the things that we have as barriers in our brain are the things holding us back from making big ideas happen. I'm Wendy V and I have an accelerator for you. The idea to action accelerator is guaranteed to level up your impact instantly. I teach you how to go from zero to 60 in just five days. We go over mindset barriers, all of the things that are holding you back from funneling your ideas into action. We are going to spend five days working on your biggest ideas. We'll prioritize, we'll plan, and we'll make sure that you have the tools you need to be successful at launching your idea into the world. Whether that's a service, product, program, nonprofit, or business, it does not matter. This process works for all of those things. I hope you'll join me for this live five-day accelerator. Can't wait to share this process with you. To get into the next accelerator, you need to go over to my website, join my email list, and also you can register directly on my website via the show notes, and you will be in the next accelerator cohort. Can't wait to see you there. We want to make sure that your big ideas happen and they happen soon. I just kind of wanted to say the acts of service, not only that, you know, um, bringing people up. You know, once you are in a space, because if we all really think about it, nobody has done anything on their own, right? Somebody's helped you, either giving you dropping knowledge or giving you that first sale or whatever the case may be. And once you rise into a certain space, it's important to remember to continue to spread that knowledge. And I think Clubhouse has been a really great factor. I've learned so much that I can apply to my own life. Um... And not only that, you get to, when they are somewhere that you, I mean, it, it is, it really is about back and forth and giving and giving because then when it's your turn, they are there. Like I do nonprofit work, you know, um, do I get paid a lot? No, but I do it because I want people to elevate in their space, you know? So I, I think as as and, and and there is that fine line because this is what you're talking about social entrepreneur collective serving versus paychecks 
And sometimes it is a lot of energy to do this and you don't necessarily get paid a lot. But not only that, you later on get the satisfaction of you helping somebody else or later on it comes back around in some way. So just keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open on when people's when people are willing to teach you. It, remember, their time is worth its valuable. So just because it's free doesn't mean that it's not worth anything. Because if somebody is giving you that time to teach you something, do not take advantage of that. You know, listen, learn, show up. Because if somebody puts a $20 value on it, it doesn't make it less valuable than the person that's giving you free. You know, you need to be respectful of their time also um, because they're taking a chance on you. And Carmen, it reminded me that I just changed some of my free events on Eventbrite to donation-based because I'm going, well, if people want to pay me for this, they certainly can. (laughs) And why am I preventing them from doing that by insisting that it be free? If they want to do that, that's totally fine. And so I did make that change actually very recently to say it's free on my website. But if you go on Eventbrite and you feel inclined to give me money for this, you're more than welcome to do that. So, hey, Rodrigo, we're, we were actually just getting ready to wrap up unless you joined us and then here you come. So we were talking about, and I know you've, I've discussed this with you before, those times in your business when you're either working on infrastructure or doing things that do not directly result in payment. How do you maintain your motivation, keep moving forward? And also the transition from the time when you used to have a, a paycheck coming in every two weeks and in entrepreneur land where that doesn't necessarily happen. What are the things that you, you're doing to balance that, to move forward in your your mindset work around um, your money mindset? So we're kind of mixing our Monday and our Wednesday room, but thinking about the acts of service as well. How do we you know, incorporate that as social entrepreneurs in our business, which might mean that we donate a certain percentage of services. That's what I do. Or like Carmen was saying, working with nonprofit organizations. I know you do that as well to support their mission. So there's a lot of topics that we talked about already. And so I know you you have a good way of summarizing a lot of different things together. So I just wanted to give you some material to go by. And do you have any comments or anything you want to add? And um, I hope you've had safe travels. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm obviously here on travel, travel, but I always want to support the room. We always have great conversations. And I think we've discussed this before somewhat, you know, adjacent to this topic. But it is it is about serving and having the mentality that we're here to help and we're here to do a greater cause than just our paychecks. And uh, I think you've done that before. There's a difference, right, between uh, serving and undervaluing what we bring to the table. So, uh, in fact, you and I had a conversation, right, where we were like, you know what, all this free stuff that we do, that we've been doing and whatnot, it's like, yo, I got to get paid, right? That's one thing. But when we are there serving folks, that's when we say, okay, I'm here to serve, I'm here to help. We may not get paid for that, but because that's a greater contribution that we're trying to do at that point. And so I think that's the difference between the two. And I think it's important to kind of differentiate that because uh, folks often do give away their services for free and then they don't see anything in return for it. And they're wondering, well, why why did that happen? But if you're serving folks, you expect nothing from it. You you you're serving there because you're there to provide value to the community, and and give to the community. If you get anything back from that, that's great. But if you don't, then you don't, and that's just part of, of serving. You know, a lot of times we go out there and serve, and you know it feels good, and we do this and that, but we forget that the whole point is that there's other people that are going to benefit from what we do, and we may not necessarily get any benefit from that other than hey, we're here to serve. And so we got to make sure that we delineate between those two, because if you're out there helping folks, but then you expect something back, 
then you're really not serving. You're more, it's more transactional at that point, as opposed to transformational when you are there serving and not expecting anything in return. One last point is that when we do serve though, I mean, I'm a big believer in kind of a karma and, and God sees that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And there's always been times where like I'm serving, I'm helping, I do things that I feel like I just out of kindness and consideration. And then, you know, maybe days later, weeks later, months later, who knows, I get repaid. And not that expectation is there, but something happens and it tells me, you know what, it was all back to that one point. The point of origin where I'm benefiting now is actually at this point right here where I had no idea that I was going to benefit from it. And I think that's an important part about, you know, making sure that we serve with good intentions instead of thinking that we're going to get something out of it. Yeah, it's all about the intent at which you put the energy out into the universe. So that's a good reminder, too, for people to stay pure with their intent. And I apologize for the background of the noise. I am eating tacos. <laughs> oh, man, it sounds really good. <laughs> that's yeah, fun. neither am I. I'm, I'm jealous, though, for sure. And I think, Rodrigo, we've, we have talked about this topic multiple times and the the times when you aren't getting paid but you're doing something for someone, the other thing that tends to happen in those interactions is that people see that you're doing good work and the quality of your work and they may actually refer someone to you that does result in a transaction or a business or you know whatever it is that you're asking for um, from referrals. And so I often see that type of thing too where people are like, oh yeah, let's talk about you know, this with my friends and then something comes up that, oh, Wendy can help you with that. And then I end up getting contacted by someone from a, a person in my network that I wasn't even expecting at all to come my way because I wasn't there in that actual conversation between those two people. So that's happened before as well. So, hey, April, I see you. Hey, Alan, I'm going to invite you guys up. We're just getting ready to close up the room in about 13 minutes. We've been talking about as social entrepreneurs serving and when you are not serving, but you're building your business or you're working on activities in your business that don't result in a dollar coming in that day, how you deal with that and what issues might come up for you in the transition from having a steady paycheck to social entrepreneurship, where you might be doing something for you know the cause. And the other part about this, I think, is entrepreneurs who are working more in their purpose and not really working for a profit when you're doing that, you are usually not motivated by money anyway, <laughs> more than likely if you chose this type of route for your business or your nonprofit, you really weren't motivated by the paycheck that you were getting every two weeks and, and enough to not do this instead. And that's one thing that I love about the community that we built here is a lot of people really are focused on their purpose and the money is just sort of, you know, okay, well, it's helpful. It's there to survive. But I also think a lot of us are trying to manifest success in what we're doing. And we know that when we're serving, we will have success and people will see what we're doing as, you know, good acts or kind acts or whatever, whatever it is that we are helping with. And in that, I'm hoping that, and we are all hoping that more business comes our way, right? So it is a circle of the things that we like to do, the things that we're being called to do, the things that we're actually doing, and more people coming to us as a result of that. So, hey, April, does that give you enough information to join in the conversation? Absolutely. I just, um, I saw the room earlier and I tried to join in, but I had an appointment uh, and I'm just getting back. But I really wanted to hear the conversation. I'll probably listen to the replays because this is definitely something that's right up my alley, um, especially with the, you know, writing the books and being an attorney. Um, I literally was having a conversation yesterday about 
big law versus nonprofit law versus uh, small law and how um, for me, I just can't see myself going over to the other side because of the impact that I want to have on the people that I serve. And uh, with my uh, business, my uh, publishing company, uh, I've been donating books, like coloring books, and I have not literally, I have not been like seeing a profit in the books, but the reward of the videos that I share of the kids being able to uh, have a coloring book that they say looks like them, uh, that part is far more rewarding than the money that I would get. And <clears throat> when you're doing what you really want to do or what you're called to do, I think that the money will come. And I see, I feel like the, the more I give, the more comes my way and the more blessings that I have. So I, I don't necessarily focus too much on the money, but focus on the mission. And then it all makes itself you know, makes itself around in a circle to where I'm able to provide for myself and my family, but I'm also able to pursue uh, the mission that I have here um, or that I have crafted for myself and that the plan that God has put me on. So this is a, I, I'm going to listen to the replays because I'm sure this was, I'm certain this was a good, a good room. So thank you all. Can I ask a question? Sure. Um, is there any way that how to have impact with outreach? especially when you're dealing with minorities and people that are usually living under the shadows. Um, if anybody, I need to learn. I mean, I do get out there, but having um, people that are already entrusted with the government, Wendy, I know you work with grants and so forth. How do you get past that outreach um, sometimes? Can you say more about what, I'm not sure what you mean about outreach. Are you talking about like street level outreach to do work in the community or are you talking about outreach as an entrepreneur to um, get to more people to know you like what what exactly are you thinking Carmen? I'm thinking along the lines with underserved um, community and sometimes people have these amazing great ideas to try to serve that community but it's sometimes difficult to get them to ex you know because a lot of these grants it's a lot of exposure of who they are what they do, how much money, a lot of, you know, very personal information and getting them to follow up and continue to trust and finding those people because a lot of them live in the shadows. And so I didn't know. I mean, I deal with this a lot. Like I, I can get to 20 and I will get one invested, you know, and it's great to have that one investment, but it's about, you know, the whole purpose is to help raise our community and um getting the follow-up and or is it just me taking it personal and i should just let it go and just you know if people don't want want that just let it go <laughs> kind of situation yeah yeah and jessica i'll let you talk too but i think in my experience when you're trying to provide services in the community it, it's best to provide services that are needed and sometimes when people are telling you that they're they don't need the service then the match is actually that that what you're trying to provide to what they actually need is not there and you have to discover what it is they really need so it's one possibility and another possibility is that you're not the right broker right so sometimes um different groups really resonate with the broker that's from that group or from that community and so if you are the person coming 
to them and they're not resonating with you, it could be that you are not a representative of that community, but you need to partner with somebody who is. And so there would be an opportunity for you to create partnerships that would allow you to have a more, more connection to those um, people that you're trying to reach. So hopefully that helps you a little bit. But Jessica, do you want to add something else? Uh, I just want to clarify. So when we say in the shadows, are we referring to the undocumented community? Um, yes, undocumented community is where I struggle um, the okay. most um, because it is it is very difficult. Like you know, it, it's this this overall untrust, um, and you want to get them help because you know even though you may say they don't need it. But it's like they do need it, but it is nothing is free. And when I say by nothing is free, the information. So, and I'll say this, Carmen, because, um, and and I would say most of you know this, um, and it's not something me and my husband, my husband is not, he's not documented. Um, And a lot of what they have to do. is through my brother-in-law and but even in that mindset the a lot of times when they do work with other individuals that's other individuals who are undocumented as well and part of that is is because there is a system so i totally agree with wendy that if you are trying to help an individual it's more about building partnership than actually trying to help the individual directly because even in some of that space there are times where my husband says i don't understand and i don't take it offensively because i'm not living undocumented in america right and so um there is the mindset that nothing comes for free part of that is trauma and part of that is reality um and so there are certain things like and certain things that my husband and i put in place because of the circumstance so i would say that the biggest thing that you can do is build partnerships because like i'm always going to be an outsider to that community and as are you like that's just the reality of what it is and even though you're trying to take help you also have to understand that for them, it's not just putting their name on a piece of paper. It's also giving away the security of their situation. And so it's better to be unknown and not worry about that than to actually take that risk. Um, so I would say, yeah, Wendy, I agree with you a thousand percent on building partnerships rather than being the actual direct individual. Yeah, I really think it resonates in the fact of like, I have to find a different way you know, a different program. And we did, we were successful as far as during the pandemic, getting food out to people. Um, But we did that based on a grant that was state fund, not federal fund. And so that being said, it was not having to take any information. You know, it was more of creating that partnership and people showing up. Um, so it, it, I think I'm having difficulty because I am dealing with federal, not state, and that totally changes um, the situation because we have seen like Con Alma, it's been successful in different ways. Like we had women come into the kitchen and start building their business, you know, that were undocumented. But that didn't take having to fill out federal information. 
Um, so yeah, I think it is. And then also when we were doing the food from the pandemic, we weren't going out to, we were actually getting the money and going out to grocery stores, purchasing food. And we were doing it like a meal. Like if we were gonna do, let's say enchiladas, we would have that package for that day so that they could have food already, like a recipe, the food that they were gonna make. And it wasn't canned food, it was fresh fruit. But again, I'm now with this grant that I'm working with, it is a federal, um, it's under BIPOC federal grant. And it's a little bit difficult because it, it is very intrusive. So I think it is the program, you know, like how Wendy was saying was like, you need to find what the service is um, versus, yeah, it's, it's hard on the, on the federal level instead of the state level. I think all of them are hard local carbon <laughs> because I've worked with federal, local and state. And I think and the money that's flown from the federal government to the other levels as well. Everything that we do on the, the grant side has some sort of restriction because you have to prove that the money was worth being spent. Right. So especially if you have taxpayer dollars at the federal level that are being dedicated to a particular program, you're really the data is supposed to prove to Congress that the money is being well spent and that the program is worthy. So when you see the data being required from the federal government, it's not necessarily required just because they you know, want to be jerks, they want to be intrusive, but more so because they want to make sure that this money is um, actually being spent correctly the way it's supposed to be locally. And then when they go to report their outcomes to Congress, they can justify having money for this particular service in the government's budget every year, right? So there's always a purpose to it. So sometimes you have to look at the purpose, like the intent of what the the data collection is and see if there's a way that you can still provide them the value that they want without being intrusive. So sometimes it's that, you know, a lot of counts are button, butts in a seat, quite honestly. There's not really a lot of transformative um, counting at the federal level. So is there a way for you to get the butts in a seat information without really intruding in people's um, privacy? So it just depends on what the data points are. But if you want to book a one-on-one -on -one with me, you're more than welcome to, and I can look at the actual measures and give you a more, a more proper opinion of what's going on. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. From me, Wendy V, and my co-host, Rodrigo Bravo, we sincerely appreciate your follows, your likes, your subscribes, and your shares. Make sure that you're reaching out to us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day, and remember, keep changing the world.